welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool. I am the lead pastor of First Southern Baptist Church of Westminster in Colorado. And with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, how's things going out there in the bluegrass state? Dude, uh, it's it's going. I am on week starting week three away from my family. Um, and how's a, that? Not a fan. Not a fan at all. You know, leaving Sunday at, at 2 o'clock and getting home Friday evening about six. Not a fan. My kids, not a fan. Uh, my wife says she's not a fan, although. It's way quieter in the house without me. So she's enjoying it till about Wednesday. She is. <laughs> well, uh, and as of recording of this episode, we have two out of two kids sick um, at the moment. So she is not enjoying it right now. I guarantee that. So, but yeah. You, it, le- you left her in a lurch. I did. I was like, well, gotta go. Can't handle sickness. And this is like the first time for you as a dad that you've been away, right? Like you've not been away from your family this long. I mean, I know I've been away with you for a couple of days, but I don't think you've ever been away for more than a week. Is that right? Yeah. I think the longest I've ever been away was probably when I came out to visit you a couple of years ago. Was that two years? Yeah, about 18 months ago. Yeah. Almost two years. It'll be two years. Yeah. When I came out to visit you and I was there for four days. Um, yeah, and when you and I went to Orlando, when we went to that conference, that was like a whole week. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's really four or five days about the longest I've ever been without without seeing my kids. And, you know, doing it back to back to back weeks is, is different and challenging. So, um, you know, my kids aren't much on phone conversations. No. You know, we'll FaceTime, but then like my youngest, he will... God love him. <laughs> or as, as we say, bless his heart. Um, he will take the phone and be like, watch this, and then just take off running. Sure. And then, and then I'm reverted back to, you know, grade school, Andy, where I'm riding in the car, like puking everywhere, getting motion sick. And then my kid is like, well, I'd rather be playing video games. So have a good night, Dad. Yeah, bye, Dad. So, you know, they're not much phone conversators. Me and Ashley aren't. Uh, you know, we'll, you know, we do our highs. How's your day? Highlights. What do you need from me right now that I can do from, you know, two and a half hours away? And uh, all right, call me at bedtime. So, yeah, I'm in class. I, you know, I, the hotel food, uh, the first week, the hotel food was great because they provide breakfast and dinner. Um, but then we quickly learned that they have the same four meals on rotation. Oh yeah, and it's it's uh, freeze dried. <laughs> and while it's not bad, it's not bad, but it's not good. But I'm like, man, if I have, I love meatballs, right? Meatballs are my favorite, one of my favorite things. Meatball subs, you know. But if I have to eat Swedish meatballs and mashed potatoes one more time, and not just that, hotel Swedish hotel meatballs and mashed potatoes. Um, and, and I know it's like, you know, first world problems. I get it. But also on a good note, though, if like you don't want the the weird fettuccine Alfredo or Swedish meatballs, they every night have hot dogs and nachos. So I am living my college life all over again. 
You can't go wrong. With eating hot dogs and and nachos. But yeah, no, uh, I'm, you know, training is good. Um, this past week was not good. Um, oh my gosh, it was bad. Uh, so I got pepper sprayed for the first time in my life. Um, hopefully well, you need to break this down. It wasn't like you were with Antifa. No, Antifa no, <laughs> did not pepper spray me or cause me to get pepper sprayed. So I am currently in training uh, with the state of Kentucky for and the DOC, Department of Corrections, Probation and Parole, right? Um, and so part of my training for uh, being a probation and parole officer, which, by the way, is an awesome ministry opportunity, um, just in the short time I've been doing this. Um, but part of that is I have to let them shoot me with pepper spray. And while they said, oh, we'll shoot you in the forehead and we'll squirt water on it. Um, Chad, you saw the video. I did did a video. I got it is good stuff. I got a direct hit, and then they sprayed water on it, which made it worse. Um, so it uh, you know, the best way I know to describe it was I got stung by like a murder hornet in the temple, and then Satan peed in my eyes and tried to dry <laughs> it off with sandpaper. You know, I was really hoping that you know, like the Major League Baseball All Star Game when they do the home run derby. The, the, the contestants, they usually bring somebody to throw the pitches to them, right? It's like their high school coach, their dad, oh, yeah. their brother. If you say really, what I think you're about to say, I'm going to come through this computer. <laughs> I was really hoping that that could be a thing and they could fly me out there. But I could be the one to pepper spray you. Ashley, Dr. Wife would tell you real quick, get in line. <laughs> we could do it together. <laughs> Because I'm sure her, God knows Amanda, uh, and you and a few other people are like, I'll, I'll gladly do it. I mean, some of the people that I'm in class with are probably tired of hearing me run my mouth. So um, I'm pretty sure that's why I got sprayed directly in the eye and not on the forehead. Is um, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I am just a wee bit sarcastic. <laughs> Uh, and a crap talker, so so that happened. So training's going well. How how are you surviving in that hotel room, that downtime, without uh, your family? Though is it, or are you just too tired to even worry about well, stuff? Yeah, I get back up to my room about seven seven fifteen from from you know dinner, and it's you know talk to the boys from Swedish meatballs. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I've had way too many Swedish meatballs. They walk me to my room. I call my family, and then it's it's uh, either I'm chatting with you or um, I'm watching one of my guilty pleasure shows on my iPad till I fall asleep. Which we know is uh, Grey's Anatomy. No, I, or... I watch that without actually. So, uh, but I do watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, it's probably one of the soap operas. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. So you got to preach last weekend. What, what, how'd that go? In the last two weekends, actually. Um, I've preached. Right. Um, I, yeah, I think it went really well. Um, yeah. So just uh, one was in the book of Mark, uh, preached on the rich young ruler. Um, and then last week I preached um, out of the book of Matthew, uh, shockingly enough on uh, when Peter walked on the water and sank like the rock that he was. So um, 
I've got to share a couple of real personal stories that that hit with that. Um, and I think it really resonated because my whole premise on that story is that we as people should stay wet. Like it doesn't say that that Peter got out of the boat or got back in the boat and changed clothes and went about his business. You know, he worshiped, they all worshiped Jesus where they were at. And then they're in the city healing and, and loving on people. And I think he did that wet. And it was a way to show like, hey, this is where I've come from. And, and yeah, I'm hanging out with Jesus, but look at this stupid crap that I've done and where he's brought me. Yeah. So I was able to share some stories where like, you know, I knew God was calling me to do this. And then I was like, you know what, that's a lot of work and I don't know about it. Um, and, and, you know, I, there I was just soaked in sin, um, but still able to, to do what God called me to do. So, I mean, I think that resonated with people. And then this week I was back in uh, what I would consider our, our our new home church in uh in in, in Owensboro um you know wife and kids were home because both boys are sick but uh Connor I don't know if Connor listens to this uh hopefully eventually he will uh but it was like Connor was in a boxing ring like working on the heavy bag you know what I'm talking about I do um but that heavy bag was me uh, and he was just working the kidney yeah, um, and and stepping on my toes, uh, he preached James, um, and and uh, yeah, I probably should have had this pulled up, but uh, he preached James three and taming the tongue and how the tongue is really, really <coughs> gonna get us. And so, uh, you know, James three starts off, and I, I've quoted this on here before. I don't know that I've quoted scripture and verse, but. Uh, you know, very first thing is many of you should not become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged greater or with greater strictness. And I was like, that really hit home because I think sometimes as, as teachers of the word, um, as pastors, as elders, as fathers, as husbands, uh, we forget that we're held to a higher standard. Right. And so we go throughout our daily lives and we're like, we are who we are and we're all going to screw up. And I get that. But, you know, sometimes we forget who we are uh, and well, we don't forget who we are. We forget whose we are. Um, and so then you can't really tell, like, are you who you say you are or are you some poser, you know? Um, and so that really hit me today. And I was like, uh, now that I'm bruised and, uh, and beaten, I'm going to lick my wounds and eat tacos. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, all joking aside, I greatly appreciated that today. Um, yeah. It was good to be able to sit and, and, and listen to someone for, um, for that hour. But uh, it was awesome. A little girl is probably the, the same age as my oldest, about nine. She came up and, and gave her life to Christ. So that was, that was awesome. But it was just, it was really good to, to sit and be reminded that, you know, too often we forget whose we are. And, well, yeah. And, no, sorry. Yeah. And then just the fact that, you know, the tongue to be such a small piece of our body is probably one of the most destructive members of our body. 
You know, and it's funny when you say that, you made me think when you said that we don't know whose we are. And I think like, if you take that in the context of being in vocational ministry or being a pastor or regularly preaching, um, it's easy to, you know, I've been going through for the last two months, give or take, uh, through Jude, and we're just about done that. It reminds me in, in Jude 4, like Jude's really telling us to deal with these people who, I think the verse is in verse four, it's for, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation or ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. And I really think about people that, I mean, you may know personally, I think we've known these people even in ministry that they've, they, it's that I'm covered with grace. So I can put the pedal to the metal. I'm going to live my life or I'm going to, you know, it's the whole, I could have Jesus and I'm going to live the, you do you. And, and it's okay. No matter how I live my life, I don't have to listen to Jesus's commands. I don't have to try to live a better life. I'm going to live for myself, follow my heart, but it's all good because I'm covered with grace. And, and I think sometimes we do forget that we are, I, I don't like this term, but that we're held to a higher standard and, and not necessarily that we should be on a human higher standard, but we're held to a higher standard with, uh, with him, you know, when but, we are teachers and preachers. So, but you, I'm going to fight you on what you just said. Uh, you said maybe not with people, but definitely with God. Uh, I disagree. Uh, not that we are with, we are held to a higher standard with God. I mean, I just read the verse, right? Um, but Sorry, I got distracted by a football game. I don't know what is going on. Um, but I think we are held to a higher standard with people, too. Because we are. They're listening to us. And if we – I mean, let's look at it. You know, John MacArthur says something, and it's something that people don't want to hear. We're gonna, People are going to question that. Well, you know, this pastor said this. One of you are lying. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Scripture teaches this, and yet – you know, you treat us like this, and it's like, well, are we really treating you that way, or are we trying to help you see? Um, and so I think we are held to a higher standard in society. And when you look at the gospel as a whole, the gospel in itself, the word means good news. It is just that. It is good news. But sometimes good news comes in a rough way, right? Sometimes what we need to hear isn't what we want to hear, but the good news behind that not wanting to hear that is the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Sure. And so I think like, I think we are held to a higher standard because if we say something wrong, even if we don't think we've said it wrong, but it's been interpreted wrong and we don't correct that, we would have a hand in sending someone directly to hell. No, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I think at the higher standard from people, though, sometimes it's, I, I, it's false, right? I think it's, they, they put pastors on pedestals. They expect oh, you, yeah. they expect you to act superhumanly. And I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think any teacher, preacher, whatever should be called out chapter and verse if you've made a mistake. But most of the times, I think, I think a lot of guys in, in you know, myself, yourself included, we've made mistakes in the pulpit or teaching, but they were indirect. We didn't directly 
use heresy. We misspoke or, or we oh, used the wrong I, verse. I have a perfect example of that. So I remember six, seven years ago, I was, I was teaching uh, at a church and, and, and the youth group, and we were talking about um, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Um, and I, I misspoke and said, well, they're all the same God. Yeah. Um, and you're, I, you're fired. I, yeah. And, and like, I didn't even realize, like, I knew what I meant, right? Judaism and Christianity have the same God. Um, Ishmael and, and, and all of that came with Islam. And so, but when it came out, it just, the words didn't come out right. And it didn't click in my head at what I said. And I remember standing in my little youth room pulpit and I was teaching and I looked at, you know, my phone buzzed and I looked at and my wife is sitting on the back wall with the other adults who were just all bewildered at the words that just came out of my mouth. And my wife sends me a text that was like, you need to clarify what you said. And so I just stopped and I was like, hey, um, honey, what did I just said? Because I don't. And then she repeat, you know, she repeated what I said. And I was like, let me clarify this. So, yeah, yeah, I, I get the misspeaking thing because that, that is, that happens a lot, unfortunately. It can, I mean, and, and we are human. So, yeah, I, I do think that at times, like, we're, we are held to an improper higher standard by people. Maybe that's how I should clarify that. See, see the misspeaking thing, it happens. It does happen. So, Andy. Today is Reformation Sunday. Tomorrow is the most glorious day of the year, Happy October 31st. It's October 31st, and 505 years ago, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. So happy Reformation, Reformation Sunday, Andy. And I wouldn't, being the resident Calvinist on this podcast, I, um, Think about something that I brought up this morning and, and at church, I uh, we opened with a mighty fortress is our God, Martin Luther's hymn that's in our that is in the Baptist hymnal. I'm gonna have to and look that up because for some reason I can't. It's one of my favorites. But I wanted to share this with you. The first of Martin Luther's 95 theses is this: when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent. He willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. And either we've fallen away from that, even, you know, I, I think when, when Martin Luther, you know, the start of the Reformation, it wasn't to, you know, overthrow the church or completely upset the apple cart. It was really to go back to basics, to what they'd lost through man-centered leadership and everything in the, in the Catholic church. But I don't know. I struggle to think that we feel as believers today that life should be one of repentance. I think for a lot of us, it's the one and done. I made that that prayer in the back row and I let Jesus into my heart. And I took the walk down the aisle and I'm good. And now I could go live my life. I hate the I let Jesus into my heart thing. Can we just say that real quick? That's that needs to stop but i digress yeah i would say that society as a whole is not very repentant 
Um, I think repentance is hard because at such a young age, you know, we're told that how perfect we are. And, oh, look at little Jimmy. He, he can do no wrong. And then little Jimmy grows up and he starts doing wrong. But nobody wants to call him out on it because he's perfect little Jimmy, right? And then those perfect little Jimmys grow up to be Andys and Chads and, and Lilies. And we go throughout our life and we don't, you know, we, we go up to the altar and we say a little prayer and we get wet and then we leave. And I think, yeah, we, we don't, it's a one and done thing. I just took a really long way around to, to agree with you. Um, or we are repentant, but it's not a true repentance because what was it that I heard some, one of my youth say, not one of my youth, but a, a guest in the youth. Well, if he died for our sins and we try to live perfect lives, like what did he die for? Right. So I'm only repenting because I need that grace that comes with it. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'm here. I'm here for you. So I have a story tonight, um, you know, at, at church on fifth Sunday. So Sunday months that I've, I have a fifth Sunday, we've been doing it. Not to interrupt you. I'm going to let you finish, but let me Kanye this real quick. Um, I haven't heard this story. I have been prefaced that this story is coming um, for those who are listening. So you are hearing it for the first time with me and I'm excited. This is one of the only so, you're going to get a genuine reaction <laughs> because we generally, you know, pregame our, our shows, but this, this wait, wait, be... wait, time out by pregame. It's basically 45 seconds before we hit record. What are we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> There's not a whole lot of pregame. Well, to this yeah, thing. There's that too. And that shows sometimes. But, like, uh, if there's going to be stories, we typically already know them. Oh, sure. Yeah. But this is hot off the presses. Don't come at me like that. <laughs> so, Fifth Sundays, we kind of have come together and, and done some some prayer time. You know, it's had a Sunday night service where we're mainly singing hymns. And that's what it was tonight. I've been graced with having this sit-in worship leader today and, and this young man. And he sat in with us. And so, my our praise team at my church, a couple of us, me on drums and a piano player and a cellist, we played a few hymns. Uh, the cellist, by the way. I love that y'all have one of those in your praise Oh, team. yeah. Different. We did, we did some different arrangements of some traditional hymns, and it was a good time. But prior, before it started, I'm in my office. Um, just I'm in my, my, my office of the church, and I'm just getting a couple things together. And I hear... I, I knew some kids were playing basketball. We got some basketball hoops underneath my underneath the window from my office. So I heard the kids, and I hear my the woman that plays piano at church on the praise team. She's at the front door to church, and she's talking. And then you know I don't hear anything, and she's like, I just hear her saying, "Hey, hey, hey," but not like she's in trouble or anything bad's going down. And I look out the side window of my office, and I see this. I can only describe this. I see this chubby kid. This chubby kid running with what looks like the wicker bowl we have in the front of the church with filled with those mints. You know those mints. 
The only reason they sell those mints in like five pound bags is because Baptist churches buy them. (laughs) And so he's running with this bowl, this wicker bowl of mints. Mints are flying out. Like literally the parking lot's littered with them. There's a trail where this kid, this kid stole, he came into the front door and he stole (laughs) our bowl of mints. And suppose like he asked the piano player, he said, Hey, can we have this? Can we have some candy? And she's like, yeah, I can get you some. He's like, can we have those? And she said, yeah. And I was like, this kid is unaware that we had a fall festival yesterday. I literally have 500 pounds of candy in my office in big bowls that these kids, I could have had these kids set. Like they didn't even need to go trick or treating. He stole grandma mints in a wicker bowl and took off running. And his cohort that he was playing basketball with, he does the typical kid thing that I swear I used this with my little brother when I was younger. I don't know that kid. I just met him. Can I have some candy? (laughs) Now what's going to happen is that kid's going to get home with like six mints left. They're going to be littered all up and down your block of mints. Oh, yeah. But he's going to get home, pop one of those mints in his mouth, thinking it's a starburst or something, and then he's going to be mad at your church for giving him the bad candy. Oh, I know. It's all chalky and and all this stuff. But I'm like, I'm just laughing. I'm like, what kid is stealing these mints? There's no enticement to it whatsoever. But just watching this chubby kid run across the parking lot and all my hat in my in my head, I'm thinking the the truffle shuffle from the Goonies. You thought of me as a child, didn't you? <laughs> now I am. <laughs> I didn't then. Little, little, little fat Andy running across the parking lot. Uh, yeah, so that's that was the uh, the big event. Um, our mints are stolen in our, our our wicker bowl, and I'm just Next hoping that that kid, fun. the spirit moves that child tonight. That he he listens more. Matthew 4 17, right? When Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I just hope that that child hears this. And it's going to be funny when we're going to do some outreach in the neighborhood and I may potentially come across his house and our mint bowl is like the centerpiece at his family's dinner table. And I want to know, is his his family giving the mints out for Halloween for trick-or-treaters? Because he's going to get beat up. Because no kids want those. That's so good. That's so good. No, what's so the, that's the this Sunday. There's going to be a bunch of disgruntled older people in your church because they're not going to have any mints. Oh yeah, there, there's there's going to be people when they find out that they're going to be like, "This is why we need to lock the doors." And I'm like, "Nope. <laughs> we can lose have, some three dollar mints." Have their own ninety nine thesis or ninety five thesis and about locking the door and keeping the mints and safe safe yeah so i guess my question you what's the weirdest thing you've experienced at church that's the weirdest thing that i've ever experienced is watching this kid steal mints i mean we've been at church where somebody stole a car like the youth pastor's car got stolen because he left his keys like out on a table and this guy came into, we had a community meal and this guy came in and, and took the keys and went in the parking lot, found the car fit and took it. Oh, so like the youth group didn't steal it. No, no, no. His car was straight up stolen. I'd say I and, then, have, and then used I in a robbery. I may have taken a pastor's car a time or two without them being aware. 
No, his car was legit stolen, but I, I never witnessed anybody steal a bowl of mints. I think, man, the moment I narrow this down to one story, I'm going to be upset because we're going to hit done. And I'm going to be like, oh, that's such a better story. But um, I have this kid in my, in my youth group in Terre Haute. I called him Ducky. Um, he, God love him. He, want, he was an attention seeker. And he wasn't getting the attention he wanted. And he was like, y'all just think I'm ugly, don't you? Talking to the, the little girls in the group. And they didn't say anything. And I was like, yep, you're just the ugly flipping duckling, man. And so because of that, we all started calling him Ducky and it stuck. And um, this was actually before he started coming to our youth group. We had a multi-church fake lock-in is what we called it. And it was you showed up at six and we fed you and we had all this food and games and, and whatnot. And you would leave at two o'clock in the morning because we no youth pastor likes lock-ins. I don't care what you Oh, say. I, I hated them. I hate lock-ins with a pet. Now there are sometimes I will do them, but not, not often. And so the parents that would come get their kids, great. The parents that couldn't, um, I, we loaded the church van and we took them home at two in the morning um, so I could go sleep in my comfy bed. But one of the games we played was bear. Um, and I don't know if you've played bear. Um, I don't know if you've played the same version of bear, but it's, you know, you hide. And then when the seeker finds you, you scream bear. And then like crazy, everyone comes running and you're trying to get back to base. Okay. Okay. And so, um, we didn't move any equipment off the stage in the sanctuary um, because we thought to ourselves, we're not going to be over there very much. Why would we move it? And I told them, I said, look, we those water in the baptistry. Um, if you go behind the stage, don't go up the stairs. It's not another room. That's the baptistry. And everybody's like, okay, okay. And so they're hiding all throughout the sanctuary, all behind the stage because we had three rooms back there as well. Um, and then you heard this person. I mean, I had literally, it wasn't five minutes. And I was like, hey, don't go into the baptistry, blah, blah, blah. Five minutes later, a, a, a chaperone comes over and they're like, hey, uh, Andy, a kid fell in the baptistry. And I was like, I literally just said, but it, like that is, so I, I say that, and that may not sound funny to you, but let's, let me set the stage for you, okay? So th these kids yell bear, and they take off running, and for some reason he thinks, hey, there are stairs. I bet that shoots to the other side of the stage, and I can come out and run around. And so, you know, on like Looney Tunes when they're running and they hit the cliff and their feet still move while they're in the air? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what it looked like. And so this kid just plunges into the bat, but water like douses out onto the stage all over the equipment. And so I'm at this point, I'm furious because I was like, bro, I just told you. And now the equipment's wet and he comes out and he pats down his pants, trying to dry them off. And I'm on the phone with Ducky's dad, who is responsible for this kid. And I'm like, hey, um, his name's DJ. I'm actually really good friends with him. I was like, hey, dude, um, I need you to bring whatever Ducky's friend. I don't even remember his name. He needs some dry pants and clothes because he 
he fell into the bad mystery. And DJ's like, he, how do you fall into the bad mystery? And I was like, and as I'm having this conversation, he realizes his cell phone fell out of his pocket and is now at the bottom of the bad mystery. And so straight Michael Phelps style, like dives. <laughs> so splashing again. Yeah, like not walking <laughs> calmly down the stairs and jumping under there. No, like my dude, like Olympic style dives. And so me and Josh, who was the youth pastor of this other church that was doing it, like we get on social media, you know, and we're like, all right, we're going to use this. And we're like, hey, you know, our, our event's going so well. People are, are really like getting in touch with the Lord. They're just baptizing themselves. But I think that may be the weirdest thing that's ever happened outside of like awkward weird I mean, I have a really good awkward weird story, but I think that may be the the weirdest thing that's happened to me at church. More awkward than a chubby kid stealing a wicker bowl of mints. No, I hid in the, so we had showers in our bathrooms and we were playing, uh, we had a Nerf war and they were, you, you know, you hid and you would snipe each other. And I hid in the bathroom in the shower for like, 20 minutes like kids were thinking that i just up and left well then all of a sudden i hear a kid come into the bathroom and i was like all right this is it he's gonna open the door and i'm gonna light him up and he doesn't open my door he in fact goes into the stall and decides that it's number two time um so i had to sit there through that that was the most awkwardly disgusting time that i've ever spent at a church but still <laughs> Still a good time, I guess. I don't know. Poor kid will never live that down, though. Well, I'm hoping that this awkward situation is... It, I mean, it's a funny story. I mean, I granted, I'm praying for that kid, and, and I hope he realizes that, you know, stealing a bowl of mints isn't the right way to go about stuff, right? But in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I pray for him and I hope it doesn't lead to other things. And I really want to try to reach this kid and figure out who he is. I may just follow that trail of mints tomorrow and see if it leads to his door. But ultimately, it's not that big a deal, right? In the grand scheme of things. Like, I, I am afraid that maybe people in my church are going to freak out. Oh my gosh, we were robbed. I'm like, we we're robbed of a bag of mints. Because today I, so I preached on it. You know, and, you've been robbed in a church. Like, kudos to you. Yeah, and in Jude 22, you know, Jude says, and have mercy on those who doubt. And I really kind of drilled on this this morning when preaching through these verses that we have to have mercy on those who, who don't believe. And even the person that we've shared with you know, a multitude of times whose heart is hardened and they hate everything that we stand for. Like we still have to have mercy on them. You know, we, you know, I think where the world sees us at times as, as being better known for, for contending for the faith. When Jude calls us to contend for the faith, that we're contending for the faith with might and not mercy. And that we're really you know, hell bent on, on condemning everything, right? It's the, it's the preaching the good news with why you're such a terrible person and you're full of garbage. So let me tell you how to fix this. Well, and so I, I really, 
want to have a little mercy on this kid because we have no idea what this kid's a believer, what this kid's background is. And I don't want to just go spewing forth judgment, but just have some mercy on this kid and just be like, it's, it's a, it's a $2 bowl of mints. Well, and I think also, if you look at that from a micro, not a micro, a macro level, um, as Christians, we want to throw out the word mercy and grace. Um, and we definitely want to receive it, but we generally only want to give it to those who think like we think. Absolutely. For example, when you see these lunatic, air quote, Christians spewing hate on TV. Um, and when I, when I think of those groups, I generally go to like Westboro Baptist Church. Now, not a yeah. lot of people will provide them with grace, right? But you, are, you have some that are like, you know, they have a point. Sure, they're going out in the wrong way, but they're making a point. But then somebody who isn't a believer and is trying to provide for their family and they steal a loaf of bread or they're trying to, to escape and pay less for groceries or those who are even on you know, subsidies like food stamps or like that, then we're like, oh, look at them. Like, why can't they just get it together? And we don't want to no. grace because they're not like us when I guarantee you they're more like us than you think. Well, because I think we're extending grace and mercy on a political spectrum. Absolutely. And not, and not a theological spectrum. And that's the problem with Western religion is we can't separate them. We can't separate religion and politics. Like they're one and the same. And I get that that your religion is going to influence your politics and vice versa. But what if it didn't influence it outside of anything other than the way you vote? So what if this, I'm going to tell you this. So think about that because, you know, when we vote as a block as evangelicals, right? And this is what I close with this morning is so in, in that verse I read to you from Jude, right? The, the show mercy, the Greek word that is translated to mercy is this word Eliate. And, and I wondered if I put this out to the church, maybe we should stop calling ourselves evangelicals and start calling ourselves Eliaticals, right? Because we'd be the merciful ones. Because we don't do a really good job of evangelizing. <laughs> if, you know, you take the root of evangelical. Um, but what if we were merciful? Realistically, um, as long as it didn't water down the gospel, obviously. But realistically, I think that we would probably do way more evangelizing if we handled it that way than what we do as evan evangelical well, it has a tinge of weakness to it, right? If we were the merciful ones, the Eliaticals, it has a tinge of weakness to it. But evangelicals, right, because we're strong, we're proclaiming, we all want to, but we're really not. And we're picking and choosing who we proclaim to anyway. Um, but if, yeah, if we were merciful, I, I think potentially maybe the church would be, hopefully, maybe the church would, would, would be in a little different uh, position of health. Well, and think about it. Jesus didn't call us to be strong and mighty and 
dictators, right? No. And Jesus himself wasn't a strong and mighty dictator. He was very much a mild, meek man who spoke fluent sarcasm and would let you know real quick, but still loved you and would meet you where you were at. I think it's funny you chose that path, that Jesus spoke fluent sarcasm when you've just made the self-proclamation that you're sarcastic. You trying to align yourself with Jesus there, buddy? I made no connection with that. <laughs> sure, I mean, I definitely am. A so maybe it makes me a little more Jesus-like. So, no, I've never made that connection with me saying that Jesus is sarcastic and me being. Oh, I'm just, I'm just poking the bear. But I mean, think about it, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you look at Jesus and, and the, the disciples and the ribbing that uh, that happened. And I mean, it doesn't directly lay it out, but you can read in the blank spaces. Um, you look at the way he handled the Pharisees and the sad and the scribes, you know, like, I have no doubt that he loved them and he wanted to see them have a heart change. But when they would say something completely moronic, like, you know, you're you're healing somebody on the Sabbath. You're what are you doing? And he responds to him, well, if your ox is in a ditch, what are you gonna do? Right? Like, yeah. It's he's not being sarcastic to be mean. He's being sarcastic, one, probably because he's annoyed. And two, to show them like bro (laughs) you know think outside the box a little bit so i think jesus was very mild and meek to an extent and and i think if we're really going to follow that path that you know because jesus said follow me and be like me and then peter says not peter paul says imitate me as i imitate him Mm mm-hmm and, you know, those are my favorite memes. You know, you have, like, Jesus is this giant lion, and then Paul is this, I don't know, some other big, awesome cat. And then we're like... Jaguar. We'll yeah, just say Jaguar. We'll say Jaguar. And then there's us, and we're like this house cat that is a big fluff ball that just fell out of the dryer, right? But if we're really going to follow Christ, like like we're told, if we're going to imitate him... We've what's I don't even what's the Greek word you just said? Eliate. That word that I can't I'm not even gonna try to pronounce. That does not come out of my Kentucky vernacular. Uh, ha, there's my big word for the podcast today. Vernacular. Vernacular. There's my big word for today. But like can you can you spell it? Can I spell it? Bro, my mom spelled my name wrong on my birth certificate. Do you think I can spell it? <laughs> um for those of you who don't know that story, it'll come up on a podcast down the road, I promise. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we're going to follow Christ and we're going to imitate Christ, we have to use that Greek word that means the English word of mercy. But why don't we just use that? Because we're not doing the king stuff anymore. But yeah, like we have to show mercy and, and meekness and meet people. Jude, Jude didn't speak English. <laughs> No, but, you know, I'm, I'm making fun of the KJVs at that point. I know. 
So, Andy, I know it's getting late for you. You got an early morning because you're out there on the fast time. For those of you from Indiana, who Andy's in the East Coast right now, so it's uh, it's getting a little late for him. Eastern Standard um, Time is stupid. I just want that known. I'm going to have to show it some more mercy. Well, do, do, but it's stupid. Do, do, do know your clocks change next weekend, I found out. So I already got people freaking out at my church because I didn't make an announcement about it. It's like, you're all grown. You got cell phones. <laughs> you're not changing clocks. I'm sure on our Twitter page, I'll put some kind of stupid, stupid meme. Well, Andy, I was going to steal the last word tonight since it is Reformation Sunday and I am the uh, professed Calvinist. I, I know you're still hiding. You're, you're a closeted Calvinist. <laughs> but you know, I want to I leave us with these, these statements, right? The five solas of the Reformation, right? And the five solas were the five Latin phrases that were popularized during the Protestant Reformation and really emphasized the distinction between those early reformers and the Catholic Church. And they are sola scriptura, which emphasizes the Bible alone as the source of authority for all Christians. And is sola fide, which emphasizes salvation as a free gift. And sola gratia, which emphasizes grace as a reason for our salvation. And solo Christo, which is basically sometimes also used as solus Christus, and it's through Christ alone, emphasizes the role of Jesus in salvation. And it is sola Deo, Deo Gloria, which emphasizes the glory of God as the goal of life. So I'm grateful for, for those things, that they're reminders that the, the five solas of the Protestant Reformation, that they, they're still relevant today, and they, they really offer us a strong corrective to the faulty practices and beliefs of that time and they are a strong corrective to the faulty practices and beliefs of this time and that they remain they remain relevant today because we are called to focus on scripture as the only authority we are we accept salvation by grace through faith we magnify christ and we live for god's glory and we give all glory to god I got nothing to add to that. I, I like it. I mean, I'm not a Calvinist, but I, I, I can get behind that stuff. See, it's everything. So, Andy, to figure out what mea culpa is. Man, I almost forgot about that word. <laughs> we got to come back to my stupidity. Go back to your five Greek things or Latin things. <laughs> oh, I love you, brother. So. So if you'd like to, if you reach out, well, you can reach out to us at Hill Hipster Pod on, on Twitter. Um, as long as it's still afloat, I don't think uh, I don't think Elon Musk has fired everybody yet there as of today. Nope, we, um, we still have it. Or you could uh, email us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. And um, maybe we could throw some big words at Andy. Yeah, again, keep the, keep the big words coming. Or some alternatives for Swedish meatballs while he's in exile in his hotel room. Yeah, if you could think of a way that I could eat a Swedish meatball and mashed potatoes, but make me think it's not Swedish meatballs and mashed potatoes, um, I'm good with that. Like, let me know. Help me out here. Well, brother, I know it's getting late for you, but what's what's the last word? Well, I think, you know, going into to Reformation Day tomorrow... Uh, one, if you're a parent, have fun with your kids. 
Like I know that the H word we don't like to use as a church, uh, but somehow we still participate in it. But it's a, it's, it's a, it's hey, how I gave, I gave out candy at my fall festival yesterday. I don't know what you're talking about. Halloween is an extremely fun time with kids. Like I dress up, you know, my kids dress up. Um, one, well, I'll tell you this have fun with your kids. Uh, two, show some mercy. Amen. Um, and so one thing that is, is real near and dear to me is we like to, to give teenagers that are trick-or-treating to get candy a hard time, like, oh, you're a little old for this. <laughs> Stop. They could be out smashing pumpkins or doing something stupid, but they're choosing to have a little fun and get some sugar. Give them the sugar and love them where they're at. You know, I've always said this to, to some church folks who fought about Halloween. I mean, they're... There's not another night when the world comes to your door. So if you're looking, if you've been praying for God to put people in your path to evangelize to and and to show that mercy, don't shut your lights out. You know, don't give them jack check tracks in a bag. Like, go get some candy and just show them the heart of Christ tomorrow when they come to your door. Yes. Open the door with a smile. Love them where they're at. Pray for them. Amen. You won't get their names but you'll know their faces. And that doesn't mean you can't pray for them as they're walking away. No, because God knows who they are. God knows their names. Wendy, I think that's a, that's a good last word. Happy Reformation Day, brother. Happy Reformation Day, man. I'll be wearing my Spurgeon hoodie tomorrow. It's my, it's my Halloween costume. I wore my uh, Spurgeon shirt today. So. Oh, see, we could have been twinsies. All right. All right. all right. Well, I love you. all right. I love you too. This is episode 11. Again, if you, if you're listening, you like what you hear, you want some, some show ideas, whatever you want to connect with us at Hill hipster pod on, on the Twitter or Hill hipster pod at gmail.com. And with that, we will see you next time. Be blessed. All right. See you guys.